0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order.
1: Additional terms apply. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is T.J. Inman of Hoosier Huddle and Matt Weaver of com. Uh, we're here to talk Indiana football recruiting. And uh, the transfers that have come in over the summer, reinforcements for uh, the 2023 season, as well as two commits for the 2024 class. Matt, welcome back. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you guys? I'm all right. It's Teacher Appreciation Week. And as uh, the gift for Thursday this week, they gave me 200 grand candy bars. Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not uh whoever made that joke uh, was not that being was super funny, but uh we'll see. We'll enjoy those later tonight uh, as well, but uh TJ how are you doing?
0: Doing great. Yeah, doing great. Excited to have Matt on here and uh talk about the bountiful number of transfers and uh IU fans, uh, I hope you got your program roster ready for the first half of the season, you might need it. Uh, not a negative, but we got a lot of, a lot of new faces on this team. Um, and I guess we'll start with kind of Matt I Have not talked to you since spring practice. What uh, if thing did you make from your visibility with the spring uh, session for the Hoosiers? Um, well,
2: defensively some of the new, the transfers they brought in, you know, like Andre Carter, um, uh, Jacob Mangum Farrar, um, Marcus Burris, you know, I think those guys are really going to help them. You know, I, I would say my biggest concern, um, at some positions on defense, especially in the secondary, um, is, you know, is there going to be enough depth? Um, I think the depth yeah. uh, better along the D line, especially, especially on the inside, um, uh, with, um, <clears> to <throat> be the addition of i and who I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, probably need to add another guy or two uh, on the edge. i um, still still kind of thin there, but you know, I, you know, defensively, um, I like I like the new guys. Offensively, you know, um, back to me is still wide open. Uh, I, th- I think it's a, a dead heat right now between Brendan Soares, me, and and um, uh, Taven Jackson. Um, you know I like I like some of the, the skill guys they got I don't know if there's you know you'd say other than Jalen Lucas a bona fide stud but I do think they have good depth at the skill spots and a lot of guys who can make plays um, and then you know to me it's going to be it's like we've been for years he's going to be the old line and how they hold up and the job that Bob Bostad can do with them. you know and then obviously quarterback play is going to be important whoever wins that job and they um, and can they play better than what Indiana has gotten in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that's it's an interesting one, and we'll get the transfer part here. Uh, one of the more recent pickups from TCU, uh, Noah Boltikoff, I mean, that <laughs> caught me off guard. I was surprised, uh, had not heard that as a possibility, but that seems like it has the potential to be somewhat of an impactful pickup. Uh, for the Hoosiers, that at least the guy that could factor in on the two deep, I would think at the very least. Um, you know, based on what you've heard about that, is is that kind of the thinking that they expect him to play a role uh, this coming season? And did and that one catch you off guard as well? Because I do not recall hearing uh, his name brought up at all. I know he did have a relationship with uh, Soresky, I believe, from. Uh, them being together in in Texas in some capacity.
2: Well, I, I wasn't completely caught off guard that they had a lineman because uh, Coach Allen did mention towards the end of spring ball that right. they wanted to add you know some depth on both sides of the on both sides of the ball in the trenches. But he was a guy that I had no idea about. Like I mean, as far as him specifically, now nah, that was out of left field. I can tell you there were there were a number of guys on the staff who didn't know about it either. Um, they were they were surprised too. So I think he's a guy that definitely could push for playing time. I mean, I think obviously when you bring in transfers, now some transfers are different than others. Obviously, an Andre Carter is different than a Marcus Burris because Marcus Burris hasn't played much. He's a younger guy. Yeah, yeah you 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 expect him to get the rotation, but maybe not be the impact player that an Andre Carter or Lionel Carr is. Boltikoff, I think is kind of in that Burr's type boat where he didn't have to play right away for it to be a good pickup. He's a guy that you can develop because I think he's still got three years, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, he's a guy it's almost like getting a Juco transfer. Um, He's a guy according to your side. He has four. Okay, then that might be it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember what it was. Um, whatever it is, he's a guy that should have you know, you can kind of develop. You don't have to, he doesn't have to play right away and be an impact guy. But I think he's the guy that's got a chance. I mean, he played for uh, obviously a really good TCU team last year in both the semifinal and in the championship. Um, and I think from what I read, he was a guy they thought would have a chance to push for, you know, at least a two deep, if not a starting spot this year. Where he ends up will be interesting. Yeah. He's a tackle in high school, sounds like more of a guard at TCU. I'm not sure where IU sees him but it, it, it sounds like he's got versatility where you, you could play him at guard or tackle. And he told me that he can play all five positions, whether he can, I don't know, but he said he's not sure where he'll play, but he said, I can play anywhere on the O-line.
1: Yeah, M- Matt, the whole roster mm-hmm. has been redone a lot. Um, according to four sevens pages, it's 21 transfers. I think 19 of them are scholarship transfers. Um, it's going to look like a a totally different team. IU is ranked top in the Big Ten in the transfer class. They're ranked in the top 15 nationally. How is Tom Allen doing this? Is this, are they getting NIL deals done? <clears throat> is this a people come in and just mm-hmm. fall in love with the culture, uh, with LEO and that stuff? Because going 6-18 and 18 over the last two years and seeing how, I hate to call it toxic, but how um, septic the, you know, the atmosphere around IU football gets when these extended losing streaks happen. Just how, how is Tom Allen and this staff pulling in uh, these these players?
2: Well, I don't know how much of it's nil. I'm sure there were some nil deals given. I mean, let's you know, let's be honest. Some of these guys definitely. I mean, I I find it hard to believe you get Andre Carter without an nil deal because he was being heavily recruited. But I've always said this staff can recruit. They really can recruit, and I do think they have a culture um, with what Tom Allen's done, where people feel at home. They feel like a family. They just have that kind of good feeling. And I, I mean, listen, there's a ton. There's there's a lot of guys in the portal. It's it's like musical chairs. There's there's not enough chairs for all the people going around in a circle when the music stops. So I'm not saying their guys are just selling for Indiana, but I, they see an opportunity to play right away. I think you're, they see they're in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, I, I think they just see that possibility and I think it appeals to them. And like I said, I mean, I really do think organically this staff can just really recruit. I mean, they've shown it in the past. They put together good recruiting classes. So it's not like this is, an, you know, shame. they've done this in the past. Is it a little bit surprising? I guess a little bit. I just think there's so many guys out there that if you, you know, if you can, if you can know them something, you're going to get some good players because there's just, there's a lot more supply than is kind of demand. If if that makes sense, because there's just not enough spots for all these guys. And there's like 2000 plus guys, I think in the portal. I mean, there's not 2000 open roster spots in division one football. So you're gonna you're gonna have a chance to have some guys. I kind of it's kind of to me like at the end of the recruiting period in the old days where you'd have some guys who maybe academically made it and people didn't think they were, and you or maybe some guys were just still out there. You know, like a a Shane Wynn. He's a guy that was out there Indiana. He had a great career at IU. Should have been at like an Ohio State or an LSU or something like that, but he was still out there. This is kind of what the portal's like. There's good players out there and they're looking for a spot. And obviously Indiana's got a lot to offer if you're looking for playing time and a chance to kind of you know showcase yourself.
1: Matt, IU, I believe, has four scholarships left. Where are they going? Are they going to hit the transfer portal? Are they going to give somebody like Matt Holt um, and, uh, like, another walk-on a a scholarship? Uh, Do you see them filling those four spots? And and it was really a question of, wow, are they going to be that close to to filling the roster? Because they had uh, upwards of 20 openings how 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 do they go about filling these four spots
2: well two spots i know that they would love to fill one is anthony jones the um, edge guy from oregon who visited uh, earlier this week i think he was in monday through wednesday Um, the other one they would love to fill is with a a john a carter Um, kind of an interesting story i actually talked to john out of um, high school i think it's north shore high school in houston he was a receiver and he was recruited by Grant Hurd and and uh, never got I mean, they offered him, but it never got to the point of serious. He ended up going to Utah State, um, turning they turned him into a DB after a year. And now, Indiana's recruiting him again. Uh, Ajane is at BYU this weekend. And from what I'm hearing, I think that's going to be the top competition. I think it's basically a two horse race. He got offered by Penn State and supposedly had a visit scheduled there. I was told he has canceled that visit. Um, it is now it looks like it's IU and BYU. Um, obviously, you know, maybe that could change after that. I'm not really sure as far as the transfer portal. Those are the two names I have right now. I'm, there's still time that somebody else could pop up. I mean, obviously, they have to be in the portal because the portal's closed. But maybe somebody come there's out there that they start talking to. But, you know, I think if there's a, one or two spots left and you look at a Matt Hold or you look at, you know, maybe there's a kicker. Um, who, you know, like they did that one year. I can't I apologize. I can't remember the guy's name who was the kickoff specialist, the guy that transferred in from Rutgers. I think he got a scholarship for like a year. Maybe you do something like that. But I, you know, they're gonna come close to filling all these spots, I believe. And if they don't, you know, a walk-on or two could be rewarded for uh, for with a with a scholarship.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I wanna turn to quarterback real quick and I'm not gonna ask you to oh, you know, tell us who's gonna be the starting <laughs> quarterback for the opener. <laughs> Uh, more interesting is not the right word, aggravating, I guess, is the consistent complaining from Indiana fans that IU has not brought in a veteran quarterback from the transfer portal. Uh, I know the reasoning behind that, and it's correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these guys want to know that they are going to be the starter. Now, if Indiana were able to get you know, an all-conference type player at quarterback, sure, you'd take that. However, you know, these guys like Chance Nolan or Casey Thompson uh, that are coming in that are not clear and obvious upgrades to what you currently have with younger players, uh, is there any reason beyond that that the Hoosiers have not brought in an additional quarterback? Clearly, the coaches are comfortable with who they have at that position and they do not feel a need to bring in a guy just to have another guy. Is that accurate? Or, or is there something I, else I, going on at the quarterback? No, position? I, I, I think that's
2: exactly right. I think, I, I don't think they, you know, for like, you know, they, they don't want to come in and, and, and upset the room and and I'm not saying that upset the room by bringing in competition, but by, by bringing in a guy who's gotten basically um, a promise, you know, and I think a guy like Chance Nolan, a guy like Casey Thompson, they're looking for, they're looking for almost, I won't say guarantee, but Hey, you, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking like it's going to be, you're going to be our guy. And I don't think, you know, I know it, this isn't the s- exact same. It's kind of apples and oranges, but I'm a Colts fan. And the Colts have been recycling through old guys and one year options. At some point, you got to go with a guy and try to build it. Now it's different, the pros, cause it's eight, 10, 12, whatever many years, but at some point Indiana has got to develop a quarterback and stick with that guy. They've got to develop somebody yeah. at that position. You can't keep recycling through these guys. And I get it. People are like, "Well, they need to win." Okay, I don't think that Chance Nolan or Casey Thompson gives you that much better of a chance to win than Taven Jackson or Brandon Sorsby. That's my belief. Uh, I, Casey I don't think Thompson
1: they, was never coming.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think. It, it, yeah, I get. But I don't think we. They went the older route last year, and how that worked out. I'm not putting all on Connor Bay's like, but it was. It was an uh, an utter disaster. I mean, this would be honest. It was an absolute disaster. That did not work out at all. And by the midseason, the guy had checked out his teammates had checked out on him. It was a disaster. And I'm not saying that's what would happen again, but I think you need to go with these young guys and try to build this and try to build a young mm-hmm. uh, quarterback, uh, the system around a guy and go with them. And I think they got a couple guys that they can do that with. Uh, I think both of these guys can play and it'll be interesting to see who wins the job. And I won't be shocked that both of them played during the season. You might, you're probably going to need both, but I I think it's that, I just think they don't want to, you know, just tell some guy, you're the guy. And then what if he comes in and he's not good enough, or he, he, he's not the guy, you know, you're kind of in a tough spot. So, you know, I, I, I personally, I'm on board with what they're doing, but I understand the argument to go get an older guy.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they pigeonhole themselves a lot at the quarterback position in the last couple of years you had michael Penix coming off a knee injury and they were so dead set mm-hmm. that he was back and ready to go they threw him into the fire before he was ready before either mentally or physically ready uh ready to go um and they they just refused to go to jack tuttle i think they did the same thing with Connor basilak going to the fall practices i really thought tuttle was the more accurate passer the the better runner and fit the offensive scheme that they wanted to play better. But for whatever reason, they pigeon, maybe they promised Connor Bazelak the job, but they pigeon that hold themselves into Connor Bazelak. I think going with these, like you said, these, I th- it's a two man race. Uh, that Tom Allen said, going with those two guys and starting to build a bridge to your next guy is, is important. And you can't, you know, I don't expect them to name a starter until week one, and I wouldn't mind if they play both of them against Ohio State. and then, you know, figure out who the best player is and then roll with it. And do not be afraid that hey, if if one of them struggles, next guy's going in. Uh, and, and you know, give the guy a break, a breather, have him see it from another point of view and, and move on. Yeah, it would be nice to have depth uh, with an older guy. But you can absolutely not promise a veteran guy coming in you're going to have the starting job, and I think you would have had to do that with Chance Nolan. And even though mm-hmm. I don't think Casey Thompson was coming because he went to go play for Tom Herman, who recruited him at Texas, um, you, you just can't promise a veteran that that thing unless you know it was Peyton. You know Pete Manning, circa 1998, coming to to be quarterback. But the problem with quarterbacks was all the way back to Kevin Wilson. I mean, this is back to, you know, you had Richard Legu- It's been a carousel of quarterbacks since 2016. And I think, you know, you, you've also seen that recruiting aspect of it because I, I do get annoyed with the people who now look back at the Kevin Wilson era as, oh, they were some great offensive recruiting At quarterback and you know they were winning night no they never went better than six and seven and they were a two-point conversion away from having a real disaster and losing to southern Illinois so it's going to be interesting and that's a battle I I definitely want to follow throughout fall camp and throughout the Mm -hmm. you know the first half of the season
0: yeah yeah Uh, so I think this is an interesting question if we take Andre Carter And Taven Jackson, because he may end up being the starting quarterback, and obviously that makes him extremely impactful. Andre Carter, I think most observers feel like he is probably the best, at least defensive lineman, if not defensive player on the roster, Uh, certainly a guy that has NFL potential. So you take those two out of the equation. Of the remaining incoming transfers, Matt, and Sammy as well. Who do you guys feel is the most impactful transfer for this coming season uh, for Indiana? Obviously that takes <clears> in the quality <throat> of the player and the need that Indiana has at that player's
2: position. Uh, I, I'll go, I'm going to go to Carter and he wasn't here in the spring. Um, okay. But I think he's a guy that can work out of the, I might've stole Sammy's guy. He's a, he's a Fordham guy. Um, I think he's a guy that can work in the slot. He's been ultra, ultra productive. I know it's a lower level, but I think guys like that can translate to the next to to the next go the next level up. Um, I, he's he is a really good player. He's a veteran guy, and I think he's going to step in. And I think he's going to be. I'm not saying he's going to you know be all Big Ten. I think he's going to be very productive. And let's be honest, the last couple of years since they lost WAP, that slot position's kind of been, you know, and DJ Matthews looked like he was going to maybe do it. Then he got hurt. He got hurt again. Um, that's an important position in any offense, that guy that works the middle of the field. I'm not saying he'll just be a slot guy, but I think that's, he's a guy that could really come in and make an impact. And they got some other guys on offense that skill spots, I think have a chance, but I'm really excited to see him this fall when he get when he starts practicing with the
1: team. Yeah. Matt took my guy. Um, but I, I'm going to go the defensive end, uh, defensive side of the ball, and I'm I'm going to go with two guys because I think it's a real position of need. Um, I'm going to go with Kobe Miner, who was playing at, at corner um, cornerback at, at in fall camp, had a nice camp, and then again another corner uh, with Jameer Johnson. He had the interception in the spring game he looks like he could be the starter at one of the corners as well. It's a position of need. I you need depth there. I think they, you know, and you look at the position itself, they, I, I really like these Duco defensive backs coming in too. They're from, you know, good Duco programs. Uh, they've, you know, were recruited out of high school to, to, to bigger programs as well, but I'm going to go Jameer Johnson and, and Kobe minor. Um, as my other two uh, transfers that that'll have the most impact.
0: Yeah, I think that those are certainly good names. I mean, defensive back, gosh, just a complete revamp of that unit. And it was desperately needed um, for sure after the, the disappointment or achievement of that unit the past couple of years. So uh, a, a revamp and hopefully uh, more success on that side of the ball with really an almost entirely uh, changed over too deep in the secondary and uh, up front with the exception of a couple of guys that are returning like uh, Lucas and with Arius Cox in the interior of that defensive line. Uh, linebacker, a bit more stability in terms of returning guys with Aaron Casey coming back. Uh, But just a ton of new faces to know on both sides of the ball. As we turn our attention to to 2024, that class at least somewhat beginning to to start to form. Uh, Mitch Pristegan, offensive lineman, uh, looks like a guard um, from Wisconsin. So Bob Bostad paying dividends with that player. Uh, then Brody Cosa, and, uh, another tight end coming in from Creston, Michigan. Uh, kind of two questions on, on the class. Number one, uh, bit of a, a backlog at tight end beginning to form in terms of just so many redshirt sophomores, redshirt freshmen, and incoming freshmen. Um, I find that not really a question, but that's a bit interesting, I suppose, um, in terms of Not real balance and uh, throughout the classes there uh, for the tight end group. We'll see how that shakes out. But uh, any names or or players or position groups IU fans should have on their radar here over the next couple of weeks as the class starts to take shape.
2: Yeah, real quick on your comment about the tight end position, I I agree. It's I haven't really um, you know dug into that or or had a chance to ask about it, but it is you know interesting because they've offered a ton of tight ends, a ton of tight ends. And I'm not so sure they're done recruiting them. I mean, they, I'm not saying they're going to pick a bunch more, but I could see another one and you've got a lot of young guys at the tight end position. So, you know, I don't know if it's the thing where they, you know, they think somebody for whatever reason may be done playing or is going to move on. I don't know, but it is interesting because it seems to be really bottom heavy as far as the number of guys in the, in the early classes. Um, You know, I think uh, IU fans should be, um, Keep their eye on uh, Javier Etheridge, the uh, athlete from over uh, in Ohio. Um, I believe it's Mount Healthy. I could have that wrong, though. I'm not in front of my computer, but he's from the Cincinnati area. Um, not a real big guy, like 5'9", you know, kind of like a Cam Perry, Jalen Lucas type, um, small athletic, quick, you know, the kind of guy that honestly they need more of on this roster. They've got enough big guys, yeah. you know, at the skill spots. They need some of those smaller, you know, kind of jitterbug guys who can just make people miss in a in a phone booth. So he is announcing his commitment, I believe at one 30. Um, I think he said he's going to do it live on Instagram. Um, so I, you know, I think Indiana is in great shape there. I don't, after him, I'm not sure, um, you know, who else could be close. I have, you know, I think there's some quarterbacks that that could be close, um, I know Tyler Cherry could be close. Noah Lugo be uh, the other day that he may be close to decide. Although they've, they've, you know, they've offered a lot of quarterbacks too. It's, it's not. I'm not really sure who the top guy is. If I gun to my head, I'd say Tyler Cherry because he, he's the insane guy. Um, you know, at Center Grove, good player. I don't know that he's the perfect fit for IU. I think he's mobile enough but he's a little bit different than what they have. Not, It's not like from Trey Roberson, and <laughs> Feld, but he's, a, you know, he's he's probably more like a Jack Tuttle as far as athletically. I'm not, you know, trying to despair, you know, say, I don't people get all up in arms. You know, he's not going to do a ton of damage with his legs, but he can run a little bit, really a good pocket guy, can really throw the ball. Um, I know Duke's strong with him. Um, and then there's some other guys. They just offered a guy, Bryce Clavin from Georgia. who's really, she's an outstanding baseball player. Like he's projected to be, Possibly a first round pick in 2024 in baseball, um, but he is a really—I mean, like, you know—kind of looks like the guys, you know, the Kyler Murray type guys that you see nowadays in college. So really athletic and throw the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But I, I would—I I would guess if they, assuming they get Edwards, I think they got a great chance to get him. Uh, it'll be interesting. I would guess maybe Cork will be the next commit, but it's kind of that's just me guessing. Just because I think there's some guys that are close, and this is when quarterbacks start to commit because they need to. If they start getting into June and July, then spots are all basically dried up. So I just think a quarterback's going to pop at some point. I just don't know who it's going to be and when it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Clavin, I, I have the concern there, and it's kept interest away from him, I think, from a lot of programs. I, it doesn't seem like he's actually going to play football in college. I mean, he I, told, I think he told the more likely to, he, scenario, he gets drafted and – if I mean if he goes as high as he's projected to, I would think he'd be getting enough money to not play football. But yeah, you know, guys who guys who get, get drafted
2: guys who get drafted in the first round, of the major league baseball draft, I mean 999 percent of the time they sign because the team who drafts them knows that they're gonna sign. Like they've worked it out ahead yeah. of time. Um and he told me that schools have basically told him the fact that he's so good in baseball, that's why he's not getting offers. Because they they, – they and he he, I think he feels a little bit slighted, you know. Um, But the bottom line is I understand where schools are coming from. If you take a quarterback and he gets drafted, I think the draft now is in July for baseball. If you lose your quarterback commit in in July, you're really in a bad spot. You know, now I know you can maybe try to go get somebody from the portal, but that's still kind of a crapshoot. So I understand where teams are coming from. I understand his frustration because I think he's a power five guy. If he wanted to play football, he's a power five guy. But, I mean, if he's that good
1: in baseball, he'd be crazy to turn down that money because he's going to get seven figures. Yeah, All right, we're,
0: I'm interested. Interested to to see how much Indiana pursues there. So you don't want to sink a lot of resources into something that just, even if you get the kid, it doesn't matter much. Piper Cherry, uh, you know, in-state kid from a, a really good program here. So that one makes sense for sure. Uh, and you're 100% right. You can't parry, and we'll talk about him more as the season gets closer. Definitely breakout candidate for the Hoosiers. Um, I think by all accounts he had a, a good spring and was involved. And IU does need more guys like that that can make plays happen with the ball in their hands. Um, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on that, um, Matt. I want to. I know you got to get out of here. I Appreciate you coming on. Um, talking about some recruiting and the transfers and uh hopefully you know you'll have uh plenty of things right about here in the next month or so as the 2024 uh really gets going before fall camp
1: gets ramped up
2: yeah i appreciate it guys thanks for having me on
1: yeah anytime matt enjoy the rest of your evening and uh we'll catch up with you soon Okay. Take care. All right, TJ. Um, we we got one more question for you. You asked us who we were looking at besides Andre Carter and Taven Jackson. Who are your two, you know, one or two transfers um, that you're keeping an eye on going into the fall? Yeah.
0: So, and I I really wanted to take a veteran tight end because. I think that they're Indiana's got young bodies there, and I think that they really like those guys. You know, um, you you have Brody Foley, uh, Ryan Smith. um, I I think I got that name wrong. Yeah, Ryan Miller. The other redshirt freshman, Ryan Ryan Miller. Miller. Thank you. Um, And James Bamba. Um, Steinfeld, which Steinfeld probably the odds on favorite to start as um, tight end one. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to choose a veteran guy, but I don't think that either of those players that they brought in are big time receiving threats for the Hoosiers. I just don't, I see them more as additional blockers they can provide some leadership in that room. Uh, Carter, certainly a good pick. Uh, the guy that I take is Christian Turner. Um, on offense, running back transfer from Wake Forest. I think he's going to provide a really good one-two punch um, with Henderson. I think that that's a you know ex-ACC backfield, if you will. That I think both players will be able to, to see you know some good snaps. They have comparable skill sets. Turner, um, just 5'11", 200 pounds is this listing, but he does run hard. And I think he impressed the IU coaches with what he could do during spring. Uh, Jalen Lucas is going to get a lot of touches at a lot of different places on the field, but I think Turner and Henderson are going to be your two kind of more traditional running backs. And I, I expect Indiana to run a lot of two back sets, uh, given the personnel that they have. Uh, and if that's the case, Turner is going to see the field quite a bit. So I'm going to go with Turner on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Defense, I think you took the best names there uh, with Miner and Johnson as kind of uh, secondary players uh, that Indiana is going to have to lean on. And Andre Carter would be the choice for sure. The guy that I'm going to take is going to be Nicholas Toomer, um, transfer from Stanford. He's a versatile player, can play corner or safety. Indiana needs help at both. He's a veteran that's played a lot of football. So I think Turner is going to be, or Tumor is going to be the player that I take on defense. I'll give an honorary mention to Marcus Burris uh, because the skill set, if he can get healthy uh, and, and provide some consistent um, staffs consistent for the Hoosiers, the, the talent is there for him to have a pretty big impact. For Indiana as, as a guy that can provide help on the interior of the line and on the edge. Um, and then the third one's going to be Linnell Carr. Indiana desperately needs players that can provide pass rush. I mean, they've got to figure out how to provide pressure into the opposing backfield. Linnell Carr is, is a player that has the, you know, the profile to do that. So if he can turn that up consistently, that's going to be a huge impact too. Uh, but, you know, I, we're talking about all these guys and we haven't even touched on the majority of the transfers. Yep. We're not kidding, Hoosier fans. You, you will need to check Matt mm-hmm. on P's. You're going to have to check Hoosier so often. We're going to have previews of all these guys once our countdown begins, once our position previews begin. You're going to want to have those guides handy when the games start because uh, we're going to need them uh, and you know for the site tuned into this stuff every day we're going to need them because uh, there's so much turnover on this roster as the, the coaching staff searches for solutions yep. to get back to the bowl season
1: yeah they, they've turn, turned over almost the entire roster um and uh, it, they've really done a good job. And I don't think Allen and his staff are getting enough credit from the Hoosier fan base for bringing in a top 15 transfer class, the best transfer class in the big 10. That's not hyping them up. That's just fact, according to some recruiting services. Uh, we'll see. It, it's, I, I, you could talk Tom Allen buyout all you want. He's not going anywhere after the season, unless there's a total, cratering and something else happens off the field. Nothing he's 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 back for 2024. But anyway, we'll uh, start our summer previews in the next couple weeks. It's um it's it's coming up fast. Preview magazines come out here in the next couple weeks uh, as well. We got Memorial Day coming up and before you know it the 100-day countdown will be starting uh, in, in a couple weeks as well and then uh, we're into summer and and into fall camp and all those things. So, TJ, thanks for, for joining me and uh, today. And I want to thank Matt Weaver as well, peaks.com. Always great to have on the show as well uh, for joining us. And uh, have a pleasant evening. Thanks,
0: everybody. Have a good rest of your week.
1: All right. That does it for tonight's episode of the Hoosier Huddle podcast. You can catch it on hoosierhuddle.com uh, or anywhere. You download your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, anything else that the younger generation listens to as well. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy and uh, happy Mother's Day to uh, all our listeners and followers and happy Mother's Day to all our mothers as well. So enjoy, uh, enjoy Mother's Day, treat them right, and uh, football will be here before you know it.